Welcome to Today in the Word with Pastor Bob Larson of Calvary Chapel Caldwell. Pastor Bob will be with us in just a few minutes, but first we'd like to let you know that Calvary Chapel is located on the corner of 10th and Everett, across from the library in downtown Caldwell. We have two Sunday morning services at 9.30 and 11.30. If you prefer Saturday nights, we have a Saturday night service at 7 p.m. We also have a midweek service Wednesday night at 7 p.m. You can watch Today in the Word on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. on ABC Channel 6.1. Join us as we broadcast Calvary Chapel Caldwell's Sunday morning church services, where Pastor Bob teaches you how to apply the truths in your Bible to your everyday experiences so that you might enjoy a better life. So it's important that we realize God has a plan, and part of that plan, an important part of that plan, is walking by faith. And, and sometimes, you know, we can think, well, if I don't understand every step, I'm not going to take the step. Well, what if I want to volunteer to be a greeter? How's that all going to work out? What if I say the wrong thing to someone? What if, what if, what if, what if? Well, here's the thing. At some point, you have to pray and say, Lord, do you want me to do this or not? And if the Lord says yes, then you do it. If the Lord says no, then you don't, right? But you don't always going to understand how everything's going to work out. And, you know, we were just, I was talking to someone just the other day about how when we, you know, moved to Caldwell and the, our church was getting going here, the Calvary Chapel here in Caldwell, and when we were going to buy this building, and I thought, man, I don't know how this is going to work out. You know, I don't know if, should we do this? And prayed, L- felt like the Lord said, yeah, you should do it. And so we did it. Did I know how it was going to work out? No. Did I know how many people were going to come to church or get saved? No. But I felt like the Lord told me to do it. That's why it's so important that you develop a personal relationship with God where you hear his voice, right? Where you pray and say, Lord, should I do this? Yes or no? And, and as you practice that daily, then you develop this sensitivity to hear his voice. And, and I don't always hear the right. Sometimes I think the Lord says something and you know, wasn't it? But, but it's something that's part of a normal Christian life to practice that, right? The Lord wants to guide you. He wants to direct you. Uh, but sometimes we're too busy to, to talk to him. So uh, walking by faith is a normal part of your Christian life. Verse 8, we are confident, yes, well pleased. Rather, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So this is the correct biblical view of death. Notice there is no soul sleep, right? Some non-biblical people teach this weird idea that you die, then you sleep for a long time, you know, in your coffin or who knows where, uh, and then, you know, at the right time, then you're gathered to the Lord. I mean, that just creeps me out to be stuck in the coffin forever, right? I mean, it's like, uh, but it makes me claustrophobic. But here's the thing. Paul's saying, look, you're either here or you're there, right? And, and you know, I believe that's why, you know, the Apostle Paul, his view of death, uh, you know, that he believed that you're either here or when you die, you're in the presence of the Lord. That's why when people threatened to kill him, it didn't bother him, like, well, you kill me, I'm going to be in heaven, right? In Philippians 1.23, he said, For I am hard-pressed between the two, having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. And remember, he'd been beaten to death multiple times. Nevertheless, to remain in the flesh is more needful for you. So he's like, I need to stay here to teach God's word and preach the gospel, but I want to go to heaven. And so in other words, Paul's saying, you know, uh, whether I stay or whether I go, either way it's good. See, he was able to look at the good in either situation. Whether I stay here on earth and get beat up again for preaching the gospel, or somebody kills me and I go to heaven, either way, it's good, right? I'm going to be doing God's will. And Paul had this sense that, you know, things were going to work out. And that as he walked by faith, as he prayed, as the Lord led him, that that things were going to work in, in his life. But one thing Paul did understand is that God created us, and he has things for us to do before we go to heaven. In Ephesians 2.10, Paul said, for we are his workmanship, and 
You students of the Bible know that word workmanship in the Greek is poema, right? It's poem, where his poem created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them, right? So God created each one of us as a work of art, a poem, that good works that we should walk in, right? So he has things for you to do, people to talk to, people to pray for, ministries to be involved with. Verse 9, therefore, we make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to him. I love this. And, and this was kind of Paul's, you know, motive and his, his perspective was the reason that I serve the Lord is that I want to be well-pleasing to God. And I think every Christian, you know, should ask ourselves, why are we doing what we're doing, right? Everything we do needs to be, to be well-pleasing to the Lord. And, and you know, uh, it's good to ask yourself sometimes, you know, why do I go to church? Why, why am I teaching Sunday school? Why am I doing what I'm doing, right? Because um, it's important for us to have the right motive. And, and God is just as concerned about your motive as he is your actions. And I remember the first time I heard, you know, uh, my pastor Chuck Smith say, God is more concerned about your motive than he is your action. I'm like, well, that can't be right, can it? I mean, if you do something and, you know, it's right, but you have the wrong motive, does God really think that's bad? And the answer is yes. <laughs> that's what the Pharisees did, right? They had the act going on on the outside, but on the inside, you know, the Bible says that they were, you know, wicked. And, and so in Colossians 3.23, it says, whatever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord and not unto men. So whatever we do, we shouldn't be doing it for whatever people think of us. We should be doing it to please the Lord. And that, that really produces a great perspective on life. In verse 10, he says, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Now, <clears throat> this is a section where Paul recognized that we all have an appointment to stand before God and to give an account of how faithful we've been with whatever God has given us. Now, it is not talking about the white throne judgment. There are two judgments the Bible speaks about. Uh, in Revelation 20, that's the judgment for unbelievers. Revelation 20, verse 11. Then I saw the great white throne judgment and him who sat on it, and I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and the books were open, and another book was open, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the book. So in, in Revelation 20, that's the judgment for unbelievers, right? But here in, in uh, chapter 5, verse 10, where it says, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that word in the Greek is bima. It's the bima seat, and, and that means rewards, right? And it is where the believers are going to get rewards for all the things they've done in Christ. And, and the bima seat was a word they used in, uh, in Greek uh, culture, and it was used in the Olympics, right? If you ran a race and you won the race, then you would go before the bema seat, the judgment sheet, seat, and they would give you your medal, or your, you know, they used a wreath back then. That was kind of their gold medal in the day. <clears throat> so your judgment would be to get your gold medal or your wreath or whatever it might be. So, uh, so it's important for us to realize that um, the issue is not so much what you do, but the motive behind why you're doing it. And uh, the Bible tells us because God knows your mind, knows your heart, he, he knows your thoughts. The Bible says he knows the origins of your thoughts. So as you serve the Lord, as you're doing whatever you're doing, to know that God knows why you're doing it. In fact, the Bible says when we get to heaven, everything we do for the Lord is going to be judged by fire. <clears throat> In 1 Corinthians 3.12, he said, Now if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will be clear. For 
the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test each one's work what sort it is. If anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he'll receive reward. If anyone's work is burned up, burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved yet as through the fire. So uh, we know that when we get to heaven, <coughs> we're going to be judged for all the things we did, faithfully serve the Lord, and uh, it's going to be judged. And so when he says there in verse 10, for we must all appear, speaking to us Christians, before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. So <coughs> important for us to be reminded regularly that eternity is a long time, <laughs> and you want to be storing up treasures in heaven, right? And as we read, read Jesus said, don't, don't focus all your effort here on the stuff here, right? Because when Bill Gates uh, gets to heaven, he might be the richest guy on earth here, but if he gets to heaven, uh, he could be the poorest guy, right? Because if all he ever does with his money is, you know, buy more, I don't know, whatever a billionaire buys, right? But, uh, but doesn't invest anything in the eternal, right? Then what's the point? Because it's so short, right? So verse 11, he says, Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. And, and I have written down in my Bible, unsaved men, right? Because we know of the judgment of God, we persuade unsa unsaved men. But we are well known to God, and I trust are well known in your conscience. And so uh, here he's saying, because we know God's judgment on the wicked, then we persuade men to repent. And I think for all of us, <clears throat> when we see crazy people who are living in darkness, they're blind, the Bible says, we read last week, when we see people living in darkness, blind to the truth, that we need to want to persuade them to come to Jesus and to come to heaven with us, right? To live in, in heaven. And, and that's why Jesus said in Matthew 9, 37, he said to his disciples, the harvest is truly plentiful, but the laborers are few. Now notice Jesus said the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. In other words, Jesus was saying there aren't very many people that are out there bringing people out of darkness into the light. And so we need to be praying for it. And so this is something that we want to be praying for all the time. And I would encourage you as a church family, we should be praying for all those who are living in darkness in our community to invite them to church. We want to care about the lost, pray for them. In verse 12, he says, for we do not commend ourselves again to you, but give you opportunity to boast on our behalf that you may have an answer for those who boast in appearance and not in heart. So Paul's talking about false teachers there in Corinth, and they had an appearance of serving the Lord, but a lot of them, you know, weren't really serving the Lord. They were false teachers. And, you know, there are people like that today, people that, you know, talk like they're Christians, and, and then they do everything that contradicts what Jesus said. And I think it's important for us to be discerning. Jesus said, you know, a tree by its fruits. But as a Christian, you need to know, you know, people who you're, you know, watching or listening to or supporting, are they really doing the will of God or are they just, you know, putting on a show, right? And in John 14, 15, Jesus said, if you love me, you keep my commandments. And that's one of the ways you know a tree by its fruits. If, if a person loves the Lord, they're going to be doing what Jesus said. And what did Jesus say to do? Simple stuff. Love God with your whole heart, mind, soul, and spirit and love your neighbor as yourself, right? If people aren't loving their neighbor and then, then they're not doing what Jesus said, right? It doesn't matter all the other stuff they think they do, right? We need to be loving the Lord with everything we have and loving others the way Jesus loves us. Verse 13, for if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. Or if we uh, are of sound mind, it is for you. Now, when he says if we're beside ourselves, that term is uh, where we get the idea of schizophrenia or double-minded, right? Um, and, and so, <clears throat> 
some of the false teachers insinuated that Paul was a fanatic, that he was irrational, right? And probably because he was so committed to telling people about Jesus, he would get thrown in prison, they would torture him, they would ridicule him, and what did he do? Did he say, I'm offended, I quit? No, he's like, let's do it again, right? I mean, he's like, he just kept going. And, you know, when you think about how they saw Paul, some people thought he was a lunatic, right? He was crazy. But uh, when I think about what do people think about us as Christians who read the Bible, you know, they think, oh, you fundamentalist, you believe Jesus died on the cross for your sins? Yep. Do you believe the only way to heaven is through Jesus, death and resurrection, paying for, yep. You're crazy. All right. Well, I'm a fanatic for Jesus then. Thank you for joining us for Today in the Word. We'd like to share with you a couple of things that are going on here at Calvary Chapel. Calvary Chapel Caldwell would like to invite you to our Community Christmas Eve services on Sunday, December 24th at 5 p.m. and 7 p.m. This is a great way to celebrate the birth of Christ. Festivities will include the singing of Christmas carols with a contemporary feel and a message from Pastor Bob Larson. For more information, visit us at our website at calvarycaldwell.com, like us on Facebook, and may the Lord bless you. Calvary Chapel Caldwell would like to invite you to our Saturday night service at 7 p.m. This is an alternative for those who cannot make it to our Sunday morning services. Like us on Facebook at Calvary Chapel Caldwell or check out our website at calvarycaldwell.com. You can watch Today in the Word on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. on The CW, Channel 2.2. Join us as we broadcast Calvary Chapel Caldwell's Sunday morning church services where Pastor Bob teaches you how to apply the truth in your Bible to your everyday experiences so that you might enjoy a better life. If you would like a copy of Pastor Bob's message today in its entirety, you can call us at 208-453-9653 during the hours of 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. If you're not currently attending a church and are in the Caldwell area, we'd like to invite you to one of our services. We're located on the corner of 10th and Everett, right across from the library in downtown Caldwell. You can also visit us on the web at calvarycaldwell.com. If Today in the Word is ministered to you and you would like to support this radio outreach ministry, we encourage you to pray for us. You can also partner with us financially. Simply visit calvarycaldwell.com to make a donation. Thank you for joining us for Today in the Word. May the Lord bless you and may you have a great day. Today is the day.